Welcome back to Confessions of a Rock and Roll Cameraman, Episode 3, The Rolling Stones. This is Part 2 of a three-part series with super cameraman Tony Wanamaker. So let's uh, let's talk about uh, Steel Wheels then. Okay. Okay? Yeah. So we're at the beginning, sort of, of, of the much music realm. No, we're not. No, we're into it. We're about 10 years into it, so... We're, we're in our sophomore year, for sure. For Steel Wheels? Uh, still, by then, yeah. We're, when you go we're to... a well-oiled machine, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. All right. yeah. So you're heading off to Wembley. That's correct, yeah. Okay, yeah. so you're in Wembley. Yeah. And the year is... 1990. 1990, yeah. okay. Yeah. All right. You're there... We're in the future. And and I'm just, I'm just thinking because... Well, there's so much, right? There's so much material about the Stones and, and their, their, their life story, their, their concerts, their their presence i'm just thinking wembley it's massive Huge. uh yeah. and they're filming in in one of my favorite formats imax it's big it's big like huge right yeah uh, you can't i don't know if you can see these tables but the film cartridges were bigger than these yeah and to that point uh when pat mentioned imax imax is 70 millimeter right so it's super widescreen and i get very technical in the book pat and I talk about, because I'm a film major, about things like, here's a smarty pants term, a polysyllabic term, if you will, uh, verisimilitude. So read the book and you'll understand what that means. But I cite people like Hitchcock and Jean, Jean Renoir, easy for me to say, uh, because they were working in notions of realism. And the, the guy directing that was from the National Film Board, a guy named Roman Kreuter. And I hope I say the Kreuter's last name correctly, and forgive me if I didn't. But uh, Roman uh, was a guy who who brought IMAX and won a Technical Academy Award for it. And there's nothing more immersive than seeing uh, a film of the Rolling Stones in that medium. Oh, I remember seeing it at Ontario Place. Oh, like, thank you. Oh, perfect place to see it, Pat. Six stories. Yeah. And the sound system. Yeah. Like, wow. And that was a great way to see it. Uh, and you have to understand, I was there as a teenager in 1971, right? And to see North Superior, which was a Roman Kreuter film. It was experimental at the time. Cinesphere was an experiment. Geodesic Dome Man, right, right, right? Alexander Graham Bell, all the stuff, science, right? And promoting this widescreen because you want to get that immersive experience. What does it feel like to be more tactile? And it promotes more realism, right? Yeah. Very exciting. So for Roman to shoot that, Pat, he had to do it in two stages. So they do close-ups first on the stage with the Stones rehearsing all the time. All the close-ups because they got a set track. Now, earlier you mentioned about the size of the magazine. Yeah. In filmmaking, we put film in a magazine and put it on a camera. Okay? So you're familiar with seeing the two little Mickey Mouse ears on top of a camera rolling. It's vertical. Well, 70 mil is twice the size of 35, so it's really heavy. And therefore, they have to lay the disc on the side. Fascinating. Yeah. And and like you just you just don't have guys picking up those cameras and moving them. Pat, valid point. So they put them on what they call tracks. And, and if you're not familiar, envision a railway track, very similar thing, right? Yeah. So we put a device called a dolly, pretty simple, dolly in, dolly out. But we put this super heavy camera and say, well, how heavy is that, Tony? Uh, how heavy is your sedan? So put your sedan on a tripod and then you carry it through. So it allows, they can, have, they can move the cameras around. So of course, when you're shooting in two parts, you shoot the first bit on stage, and then finally we clear a lot of that stuff, a lot of that film minutia, if you will, and we hide into the shadows. They're still there. They just move back. And once you're out of the light, you're out of the shot, right? 
And then now they shoot the wider stuff because we said it's a widescreen medium, right? Right. So what's really exciting when folks, you get to watch it, two things you're gonna, gonna lose if you watch it now uh, on your 4K TV if you're streaming. And that is you won't get the widescreen perspective, of course, because you yeah. need to be in a cinemasphere, right? Am I saying that right? As a, a, a cinema that handles widescreen. Okay, sorry about that. Uh, and you also will notice that it seems a little disjointed because you're not going to feel that kind of uh, relative connection. So, but you're going to love the music. It's going to be a great show. But you will notice the point I'm getting at, and I'm sorry I digress, but it was really wide cutaways, lots of people. You get a sense of being in a concert. Yeah. So <laughs> the, the, the size, the scope of everything you've got, IMAX on dollies, on tracks, you're now hidden in the darkness, you're going to go for your wide shots, and um, is this still rehearsal? Are you you're rehearsing this at this point, or, or are you, you... When I'm finally on the apron of the stage, Pat, I'm in showtime. I, I've been working with them prior, a number of days uh, previously before they actually perform, Okay, and that's when I spent a lot of time on stage, uh, and a lot of time getting a chance to, uh, to, to, to actually see and... and bear witness to their idiosyncrasies. Let me give you a quick example. Okay. So they all come to work. Everybody has to go to work, right? You know, nine to five job. Yeah. They all come to work in Rolls Royces. However, it's interesting because it's sort of idiosyncratic of their characters. So for example, Ronnie Wood would arrive and there's this, this pandemonium of kids all around him. You know, he's 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 the avuncular, wonderful uh, paternal father and he's got one kid on his head. Wow, that's whereas, fabulous. Where, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Whereas, uh, for example, think of Keith Richards, this sort of a noir German expressionist. He comes in and he's got this macabre thing with all a bunch of sycophants running with him, right? <laughs> you know, and the guy is always jamming a cigarette in, in, in his machine head on his guitar, right? Uh, wow. and Charlie Watts walks in again. Uh, but this one, the, the kicker, and I call him the people's mu musician, that is Mick Jagger. And why? Uh, in England, they drive on the wrong side of the road. Right? We know <laughs> well, I'm that. not there. We know that, right? <laughs> yeah, sure. uh, so that means there's somebody driving, the livery driver is on the right, because they all come with livery drivers, right? The little peacock on the head, that's awesome, man, right? Little peacock on the hat, the livery driver, very British. So uh, because Mick Jagger is the people's musician, right? Uh, the livery driver's on the left. Mick Jagger drove himself to work. Wow. The guy. So let me ask you this, because yeah. I know they all drink out of color-coded cups. Yes. Do they drive in in different colored Rolls Royces? No. They all had the, uh, uh, they all had the silver shadow, each one of them. Right? No yeah. way. Yeah. And uh, speaking of colored cups, uh, this is one of the show cups, Pat. Uh, hashtag Corn RC. Yeah. And I'm color-coding this one right here. This is a color-coded actual mug from this show. Just like the stone. So we'll put it up here, and I think we'll give that away if you have a subscription. Is that correct? Yeah. So, yeah, yeah here's a great time to promote that. It, when you subscribe to our channel uh, through the website, cornrc.com, then you subscribe to the channel, you will get a chance. When this episode airs, we will draw separately somebody from that list, and we'll send you this particular cup. Right here, and we'll do it with a bit of a British accent. That's right, because who can mail better than, <laughs> than Brits? Okay, yep. this is great. Um, remember to subscribe yes. and be part of the Come on back. rock and roll camera movement. Um, oh. So, just a little memorabilia. I'm an autograph hound, Pat. So, I managed sure to get are. all the boys back in the day to sign the, my lovely little uh, Voodoo Lounge album cover. Kind of cool, eh? Yeah, that's Indeed. fabulous. Look at kind that. Kind of a nice treasure. 
And I will be, uh, in the future, I'm auctioning some of this stuff off, so it's kind of neat. <clears throat> nice. Yeah. Cool. Well, that'll wrap up our show for today. We have talked about the Rolling Stones at Voodoo. We have talked about the Rolling Stones at Wembley. And we're going to end that section here. And then we're going to carry on with a smaller section about Tony's interactions on stage and with their crew. So nice. thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you next time. Please tune in to part three of the Rolling Stones at the Max experience with Tony Wanamaker.